Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 11, Episode 10. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. Maesty. And we're at another crossroads point, aren't we, as a football club this week? Um, after a horrendous performance and result against Man United yesterday, where obviously we were beaten 3-0. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Nuno. We're going to talk about getting through in the cup against Burnley, which we've all seemed to have forgotten already. Um, So let's start with the most recent events, which is, of course, the game against United yesterday. Um, Chris, were you there for it? I was indeed. And I mean, I wasn't. I watched the game on the telly. The the atmosphere seemed incredibly negative, understandably. Um, What was it like being there and sort of like experiencing that kind of result and this kind of position that we're in as a club? Well. I was there with, as you know, I go with my 11 year old nephew and actually, you know, we were talking about his first ever game. Um, it was a White Hart Lane where we played Leicester and Harry Kane scored his first hat trick. And that was his first game. So actually for his sort of football going career and the last six years, he's had quite a nice time. And uh, when that substitution happened and there was booing, he kind of looked at me with sort of alarm. He was like, what's that? Because to be booing in the middle of the game, yeah. you know, when, I mean, what was the score then? Was it 2-0 by then or was it? 2-0, I think, at that point, yeah. You know, and that just didn't seem right. And I look, I appreciate that, you know, so, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, express your discontent. And there's been a lot of debates in various WhatsApp groups I'm in today about, you know, people, you know, talking about those who are happy, clappy and don't want to, as they put it, don't want to criticise the club and all the rest of it. But I think there's a time and a place for that. And, I, you know, I'm, I've, I am I kind of feel like if you want to express discontent, by all means, do it after the game. But during the game, it, I, I don't know, I, I felt I, I felt quite uncomfortable about that. I mean, look, I don't really speak French. But the thing the thing that's been going around in my head today is plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose, which is the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like we're just going through like this weird. It's it's just a constant thing. It's like okay, so we sat Nuno today. Okay, fine. I feel a bit sorry for him. I think you know you know you're the seventh choice manager. The players know you're the seventh choice manager. You've got some guy you know, with Paratici making those sort of footballing decisions. So what are you actually doing? The players don't look like they've been coached for the last two years. You know, I was on Talk Sport yesterday morning to do a, like doing a little preview. And the thing that I said to the guys there was, it was kind of felt like the ba- a battle of two sort of um, out of shape heavyweights that are still reeling from their values, culture and players being decimated by Jose Mourinho. And I think that's the thing for both of them. It's like, you know, United aren't any better than us, really. They just set up in the in the right way yesterday. And we are really devoid of any ideas. And everyone looks flat and everyone looks miserable. And they look like they've had all, all the heart and sort of 
invention drained out of them if they they were to have any. And the problem is, is like we got okay, we're going to sack Nuno today. Then what? What's really going to be different? You know, it's like we went on a big manager search in the summer. Now that we're doing it even more with a with a sort of a, a sort of a, a trigger reaction, what's really going to happen? Is it going to be? You know, here's, it's like I've I've had to like literally like mute a load of WhatsApp groups today because I'm just sort of sick of people. You know, oh, it's going to be Conte. Oh, it's going to be Paolo Fonseca. Oh, it's going to be Graham Potter. Oh, it's going to be Ryan Mason. It's like I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm not sure that it's going to help us necessarily this season. Look, it might kind of kind of lift the fog for a bit, but we know that we've got much bigger problems than than this. And I think that's the thing is like on the and I feel a bit like I feel a bit despondent, but I also kind of feel like you know that's football and I think the only thing that I find frustrating is that we pay the most money in Europe to watch it do you know what I mean and if it was like at White Hart Lane it was kind of average you know like kind of average and all the rest of it but we are like it's top dollar we've literally got the best stadium in the country and we have and we've sacrificed everything else for our shiny new house and we've built this beautiful beautiful kind of cathedral and, you know, we've kind of filled it with like the worst icons for, you know, terrible religious kind of analogies. <laughs> so, you know, yes, I was there. It felt quite toxic. I don't like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like I get people want to express themselves. By all accounts, the, I think the, the board was surprised by the um, by the response. I'm not surprised to hear that because I do think that because of the stadium and because of, you know, a couple of players, they think that we're all happy or that, you know, it's just a bit like a bit of discontent, but it won't be that bad. So I think that probably came as a shock yesterday. Um, but as I say, I'm just I'm just concerned about what difference it will actually make, you know, and whether we're going to have Ryan Mason uh, leading us to another uh, Carabao Cup final that we go on to lose. Although, you know, I was a bit gutted that Arsenal managed to draw Sunderland and we got West Ham. But we should be I mean, you know, you'd want to be beating West Ham in the cup at home. But. We shall see. And, and ASD, what was your what was your take on the event yesterday? It hurt, didn't it? It it was so. I I text. You know, um, Giles has been on the show. I texted him yeah. and I went, "It's going to be North three, and because you just knew exactly what was going to happen, and it did. I mean, Ronaldo shouldn't be on the pitch. He should be in jail with the other rapists. We know this. This isn't. Yeah. I'm not clutching at straws. We said it on the pods. It's a disgrace that he's allowed to play football. I had to shout that at him yesterday, though. That was that was one highlight for <laughs> That's me. That's good. Um, <laughs> well, it's the booing thing. I'm not a booer. I don't think I've ever. Bo- I've never booed Spurs. Never booed anything to do with Spurs because you know the players will go, managers will go, fans will go. You're there for the shirt. You're there for the thing, whatever it is. And it's not the brand. It's the feeling. I think of of the club, and the feeling has been lost a little bit. And and I think we're so easy to play against. Like it's so e- if you have any sort of plan, yeah, you'll you'll win. So West Ham will beat us unless something dramatically changes because they're they're a good team. They're a good team. Brentford will tear us apart in a couple of weeks. Liverpool might get might score ten goals past us. Like Salah could play by himself and beat us right now. Like if you the third goal yesterday was the worst defending I've ever seen from Spurs. The worst defending I've ever seen from Spurs. And like just Cavani's goal where they just nobody tracked him you've got two of the most experienced strikers in the Premier League maybe the most experienced strikers in the Premier League 
and we acted like children in front of them. I think the three of us could do a better job. Of, and it, I, they're brilliant players. Like Romero, I think is very good. Ben Davis, forgetting my the Welsh tax, my Welsh bias. I don't think he's as bad as people make out. He's just a reliable seven out of ten player every game, and what like that's what we want. So forget. I I'd be battling with the players versus Nuno. What's the difference going to be made? I I do think Nuno's the wrong fit. I said I was Nuno out before the game. I, that hasn't changed, obviously. Kane. No one's mentioned Kane. What oh. is the point of Harry Kane right now? Like it's. If you had never watched football, you'd be asking, "What is he doing on the pitch?" We've had one shot in two, one shot on target in over two two and a half hours of football. Like this is not the Tottenham way. It's it's the little things. It's the how far have we run as a team? Well, with what twentieth in the league for running stats? Like, why is that? This is Tottenham Hotspur. That that is the thing. Yeah. That really gets under my skin because that's effort. That's what that is. If a, if a team are running more than you, that is complete effort and it's like that for me just stands out as a side that can't be bothered or are not motivated by the manager or don't believe in what we're doing it's like all the basic principles of football at any level from the world cup final down to a saturday league game if you're getting outrun in every single game of football you're not going to win and like they're just the real real basics and that's before you even talk about tactics you talk about individual bits of brilliance how to defend set piece if you if you're not running you're not going to win a game of football and it's a complete contrast for us that from the years you know when we were sort of a, a high energy pressing side and we were one of the top teams in the league at that to now being bottom it's like we're not even mid-table we're bottom like Norwich are running more than us like what does that tell you like it is an absolute shambles and the stats like that are the things for me that are just completely unforgivable. Um, it illustrates what a malaise there is, though, and that's yeah. the problem. It's like, and so it needs a big, it needs some kind of a shake-up. And just another, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't know much about this stuff, but, you know, it's the same, the guy with the same agent, you know, the guy that's, you know, the Paratici, and, and what's he called, George Mendes? You know, Nuno's his client, Mourinho's his client, you know, he's Paratici's mate. You know, and and they just don't look. You're right. I mean, Harry Kane. Up until a couple of uh, the last three two games, I thought that he was sulking. Actually, he's just off form. He's just forgotten how to play football. I have never seen him in all like since he broke through in 2015. I have never seen him not know where the goal is, because even if he wasn't. Even if he hasn't always been, not always firing, doing his best, you know, like all those Augusts where he couldn't score or whatever, there'd still be shots on goal, all the rest of it. It's like literally like the headers that are wayward, shots that are like going in. I, honestly, I could have been watching Bobby Zamora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's harsh on Bobby Zamora. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it reminds me of Space Jam. Like, you know, when they, they, the aliens lose their, take the um, skill out of the players in the, in the original film. But yeah, I mean, the stats... We've we scored nine goals and it's it Christmas is like seven Sundays away. We're eighteenth in the rank for that. We have failed scoring four games, eighteenth in the league. Shots we've had 103, 19th in the league. All of this stuff conceded sixteenth in the league, twentieth for defeats by three plus goals. It's just and Sun still ran and chased back and you could see it. Yeah. But the problem is if one or two players are doing that running and the others aren't, then it just leaves massive gaps. So it, it's heartbreaking to see because Sonny shouldn't be there. It, like oh, He must be regretting that that new contract massively because he could be anywhere in the world. He could be at like Ajax, Bayern Munich, Dortmund. 
Like Dortmund would have taken him to replace Sancho easily. It, it's just it's just heartbreaking to see that this is what our club is. And if, like, it's taken all the pressure off Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and next week the pressure will be back on. And it's the same. Any team, like, we will struggle against Norwich, who will just fight us. They will just fight. They'll, they'll outrun us, wouldn't they? They'll and they'll compete us. more than us. And it's like, that's, that's if you can't do those things, you stand absolutely no chance at all. And it's like, we, we concede from set pieces, we're not difficult to carve open. And you talked about that third goal. I know we sort of, I say we were trying to chase the game and get a goal back. We didn't even do that at 2-0. 2-0 well, down with 15 minutes to go. You'd think, like, let's let's throw a few bodies forward. Let's try something. We had about seven men behind the ball. You're 2-0 down. It's like you need to try and make something happen. And this, my, my issue with the with the team is that we're extremely, extremely passive. We're easy to play against. You don't have to do a lot to create a proper opportunity against us. And I saw somebody on Twitter was saying about our teams are just really clinical against Spurs this year. And it's like they are. But the chances that they're creating are proper chances. It's like teams don't create half chances against us. They'll create five or six clear goal scoring opportunities without really having to do a great deal. Um, I said it a couple of weeks ago. How many really the Ronaldo volley was a brilliant finish. That one aside. How many brilliant goals have been scored against us this season? I that's can't really think of anything. Thing. And like that's what's so that is what's so worrying. A simple ball in behind the fullback in a channel causes absolute chaos for us. Um, I mean, those stats you've just gone through ASD are scathing. It's like you're 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 creating the fewest chances. You're letting in the most goals. You're running the lowest. Yeah. Like you know, and so I actually think Not I think we do. have to make a change. And it's yeah. like. I'm 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 never really one to sort of jump in, especially so early in the season. But I've seen absolutely nothing this from from when Nuno was appointed to give me any kind of indication. Like we're worse than we were under Mourinho. Like we've gone backwards with him, and it's like we didn't really think that would be possible. Um, I did see something else on Twitter earlier, which was really did make me laugh. Which which was in the Mourinho era. Um, we were getting really frustrated as fans because we'd go in front, but we knew we'd let in that equaliser and then go on and let in that that late goal. But now we don't have that fear because we know we're not even going to get in front. There's nothing really to hold on to. Um, so I think we have to make a change. I think that there needs to be somebody that can sort of rejuvenate the squad a little bit, give them all a bit of a rocket. Like I don't think we're a great squad, but I, we're not. Those stats that ASD has just taken us through, we're not that bad. Like we're not a team that is like in a relegation battle like we are like at the minute it looks like we, we actually we might be if nothing changes but we're not that bad I'm not saying we should be fighting to get in the top four but we're not a bottom half side just look at the squad of players we've got there are sides that we're much much better than and we're just the manager's not getting the most out of them at the moment and he's not even getting sort of 50 percent out of them um from from what we've seen so far this season so they need to get somebody in that can rejuvenate the squad give us a bit of energy like get us playing on the front foot like let's come out and press teams and have a go a little bit like we're not defending we're not attacking it's like we play 4-3-3 which you know the start of the season with like five attackers and we don't look like we can score we go to a 4-5-1 we get outnumbered in midfield it's just like every everything that we've sort of been changing and trying to do just isn't working so I think we have to go back to the fundamentals of football and you've got to get a manager in or a coach in that makes the players want to work. Firstly, you could have 
Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp coming in with their amazing tactics, if the players don't want to work for you, then it's not going to happen. Um, and I think if you look at all of the sides that have done well in the last few years, those chances created, um, chances created against and the running stats would, would be high because it's just an effort thing. So we, we need someone who can come in and do that. The difficulty that we've got, isn't it, is that we're 19 games into a season. If I asked you to name four or five managers that you'd want, they're probably all in a job. So that creates a whole range of issues. Um, if you then look, and I think, Chris, I think you said this a couple of weeks ago, if you're then looking at managers that aren't in a job, they're all managers that have been sacked recently. Yeah. So it's like, do you want to go down that route? I'm not sure. It's really difficult to know what way to turn. Um, there are some good young coaches out there, and I feel like that is more the direction that we need to go down, um, rather than sort of trying to bring an experienced manager. I think a coach has got a philosophy and an idea and a way of playing um, high-energy football. That's sort of all I'm really after. Um, well, I've sort of re- I've like been coached for a long time, so that no. would even that in and of itself would be useful. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, we spoke about like attacking patterns of play and all that for probably the last two years on this pod, where we just don't have anything when we go forward. It's all down to players doing individual bits of magic on their own. There is no pattern. Um, so that is something that needs to that's something that needs to happen um, it's difficult there's a lot of names being thrown around isn't there at the moment with um, Eddie Howe's one who's not in work who a lot of fans are behind but that doesn't it doesn't give me that much excitement he did a brilliant job at Bournemouth but that doesn't it doesn't excite me that much um, Graham Potter's another one his name's thrown around good luck getting him away from Brighton and I'm I'm still not I think he's doing a great job at Brighton I'm still not completely sold on him um there's the laughable rumours of Conte, which is like, if you think he's going to come and join us, do me a favour. Um, there's no way. And then we circle back to um, Ten Hag at Ajax again, don't we? Who oh, I know a lot God, of people I'm so want. wistful about Ten Hag. I mean, he's not coming anywhere near us, but I'm so wistful about him. But that's the challenge, isn't it? It's like, you think in the summer, we were a more, we were a more attractive move for a manager than what we are now. And we, went, we ended up with Nuno, who was the seventh choice then. So it's like you look at it now and you think, oh, like who is going to want to come near the Spurs job? It's, for me, it's, it's either going to be a young coach um, where it'd be a massive step up for them. I'm not saying him, but someone like Scott Parker, still relatively unproven, would probably jump at the chance of getting a big job. Um, or it's an experienced, and I, I don't want us to go down this route, an experienced manager who can maybe come in and steady the ship for 18 months. But that's not exactly going to set the world alight and I don't think that's the type of manager that these players are going to sort of respond very well to anyway who do you mean when you say that Jack uh the uh, I don't want him but somebody like in like a Roy Hodgson mold like do you know what I mean like like uh, not him but you know what I'm saying like someone that is experienced and just knows the Premier League and come in and said Harry Redknapp like that type of manager that would just come in and and steady it and try and sort of get the foundation something back but it's not a long-term appointment at all. Um, so I don't really know. Do you know what I mean? We've all got our wish list and our dream managers. Um, but, the you know, it's just not going to happen, is it? And that's the really difficult position that we're in now, is that you're looking at real... So I don't even think we could get the second-tier managers at the minute. I think you're looking at mid-table managers or managers sort of second-division managers. Do you know what I mean? Who are going to have a step up. And it's like, how the mighty have fallen in the last few years. So my dream is still Emma Hayes. Said it last year, last week. I think it would be a massive step in a in a direction for Spurs that we need to go in. I think there's 
there's just an intelligence there, a performance there. And it it, it would be a step in a new direction. I think that would be a, a really brave and powerful thing to do. And I think it would work. It's not going to happen. I think yeah. Ten Hag is the dream, really. But that's not going to happen. Because, again, why would you leave Ajax? Why would you move from Amsterdam? We're guaranteed Champions League every year. Um, you know, Especially with him as well, AST, where it's like, if a top job become available, he'd be linked with that. That's it. And that, yeah. that's it. Like, we are a seventh, eighth. Like, we're not even that. We're, really, we're a bottom half team right now, the way everything's playing. Because I can't see anyone who has a plan not performing against us. I think, I think we're going to get... Potter because I think what's going to happen is they're going to go look you're not going to know you the people are going to come in and ask for 100 million and we're not going to say it was going to say look we've got a director of football we've got massive debt to pay off on the stadium you need to work with the director of football we need to work with the young players and a little bit of budget and that's Graham Potter's job description in a nutshell and he'll be cheap do you you think do you think he'd walk away from Brighton at the moment yeah because if if Brighton are the best that the best they can be and they are level with Spurs Spurs are the worst they can be Spurs can only well you know knock on wood they can only get better from here or so, famous bigger job. There. it is a bigger job it's you just a bigger job it's Tottenham you can't deny it it doesn't you know like even if Brighton are doing better than us or whatever it is a bigger job and I, that's what I think I mean Pochettino the, the good thing is we're doing it before Ollie goes because Ollie is on the brink of going and Man United is a massive job so yeah. it's good to get in there. Pochettino, I, getting back with your ex, I would love to see him back at Spurs. I would, but I can't think of many times a manager came back to and do well. Like Mourinho obviously did. I a found bit that more astonishing though the other day, like when they were playing and everyone was like, and Poch out was trending on Twitter, and then they won. And like they're at the top of the league. Yeah. And they were behind, and Poch out was trending on Twitter. But it's the real, that, it's the Real Madrid thing, isn't like it? They're like nine, nine, ten points clear in the league. They're top of the Champions League group that they're in with City. They beat City quite comfortably. It's, but like that, that when you go, I can't when, take that. That's the problem I've got. I mean, look, and you're right, Jack. I agree with you that, you know, we do need a change. But I kind of find it so, I find it so difficult that it's just all this chat all the time. It's exhausting. It is. Do you know what I mean? It's like okay, like you know, we're like. The other challenge as well with it is, is that let's say you get let's let's say we want Potter right and we go and get him. The expectation is going to be that there's going to be this massive revolution and we're going to go on this run and like that, realistically, like that's not going to happen. I was like, you'd get probably get a bit of a new manager bounce, but ultimately it's still the same group of players. So it's like you're still going to have the same, the relatively the same problems. Yeah. I've no doubt that a better coach can improve us in all of those areas that ASD took us through, which is shocking. Like, a decent coach will be able to improve you, but it's not a squad that can, do you know what I mean, live up to the recent expectations from from when we had Potch. It's like people have got to sort of get in the real world a little bit that we're a side that can probably challenge for Europa League when we're, when we're at our best now. Mm. Like, that's sort of where we're at. And I still think there'd be a concern for the next manager coming in that people would be expecting him to go and get in the top four. Do you know what I mean? Or put a massive run together. And I, I just, we're not there. We're not. Levy made a massive mistake in that n- the chairman's note at the end of last season about going back to our roots and playing attacking football because he set expectations and he, which are very difficult to beat. But I do think, so I'm, I'm a big de- Levy defender because of the, the way that he's run the club, right? We're, we, we've got a new stadium. 
we got to Champions League final. We were Champions League regulars, and like we, our, our the value of Spurs has gone up in a, in a difficult competitive world. And I'll, I'll defend that. Um, he hasn't made any really stupid decisions. Like have a look at what Leeds did. Like those who don't remember, Leeds brought in in players who they would only what was it? They'd only come out. Uh, they'd only balance the book if they won the Champions League that the season they brought them in. That, they were top of the league when at the turn of millennium, millennium, and they didn't. And they spent the next 20 years in the Championship and below. And we, we would never do that. So I, I respect that bit of the game. I do feel the focus has been off the football too much. And I think you, you pointed it out earlier, Chris. Like we've got an well, we've got a high-end stadium. I'm not the biggest fan of it. And we've got an amazing beer bar, amazing fried chicken, all of this stuff. But Spurs fans would happily lose that and just play on, watch Spurs play on a field if it meant we were winning and playing beautiful football. And that that's the bit you've got to remember because that's the bit that that's where you get the value from, really. <coughs> um, it, I, I, we just have to level our expectations a bit and go. Well, that that was what I was going to say the signings and the, you know Lamella going, Sissoko going, that was a good thing. Toby going, like as much as we loved him, he was getting old. That was a good thing. Brian came in, Romero came in, and. Um, Roy Emerson Royal came in. They're looking like great signings. You know, Galini coming in like that. That's all very positive and the the rejuvenation of the squad that we've needed for some time. So that bit's headed in the right direction. But the the absolute thoughtlessness, the planlessness, the lack of direction is is killing every Spurs fan. And I don't know why you would be Nuno in apart from you just have to give him time. But I don't know what more time he needs now. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on on Levy because I just think yeah he's been, he has been. Um... As, you know he's done he's done good the good things for us he talks a lot about being a custodian of the club and I genuinely think he believes it mm. but Alan Fisher wrote a really good piece earlier so have a look at that um he's on at Spurs blogger on Twitter and one of the things he said that sort of really sort of stuck with me is that the problem is is that it's the same people making the decisions again and again so instead of having a critical friend you know, and we all, you all know that in any business, you know, I've run businesses like you need a critical friend. You can't just have people around you that are going to agree with you or are going to just sort of always implement what you want. And mm. I think this is the problem is that you're gonna, we've got the same people making the same decisions again and again and again. And actually, it's clear that we need to do something different. Yeah. But isn't that isn't that a sign that like madness or yeah. or whatever is is doing the same thing expecting a different outcome and yeah. so you look at the other managers we're linked with and like there's more sort of like defensive coaches and you just think oh please um I think all of us we just want the feel-good factors to come back again don't we more than anything and it's sort of like I was the first one when we got Jose and I will still admit it today I was willing to sacrifice all of that for some success and it's like now realistically success is so far away I just want to enjoy going and watching Spurs yeah. and having a bit of expectation back because it's like that that game yesterday, I didn't expect anything other than the United win. Mm. Like, and I was sort of like, it didn't, the game didn't stress me out. I wasn't particularly bothered by it. I want to be really annoyed again when we lose games. And it's like, now it's just sort of like the game finishes within 10 minutes. I've forgotten about it. And it's like, I want that in a weird way. I want that feeling back when it's like it, bugs me for a couple of days when we haven't played well we've had a dodgy result it's like we just need somebody that can sort of come back and um and create that feeling again or at least get us on the right track you've hit the nail on the head though there I think Jack because I think that's the problem is that and I think the, the board probably felt that yesterday because if you've suddenly got people not being bothered then that does affect your business model yeah yeah mm. for sure 
for sure. Um, it's all, sorry, mate. I, we might talk about Burnley, but the, if you just forget the results, the, the games were very, very similar. Like very, very dull to watch. Very, very dull. And no plan. We just won because we were a little bit better and we got lucky with Mora. Mora and th- this is the other thing, is that there aren't many awful individual performances. Some of them aren't that bad. Like Mora isn't playing that badly. Romero isn't playing that badly. Hoiberg isn't playing that badly. You know, it's just there's lack of cohesion. But it's just the the, the performances are so... Like, imagine they're, they're going into Tottenham Hotspur Way, the Hotspur Way tomorrow. And imagine the feeling in the ground tomorrow. It's just going to be dire. Like, really, really negative. And I... I it, that will only beget negativity. So there needs to be an injection of something in the club. I don't know what it is. Yeah, completely agree. And I think the other thing that worries me is that you speak to a lot of, I feel like we're three fairly like-minded Spurs fans that we sort of, we all want the same thing. And a lot of, I think a lot of Spurs supporters that I talk to are similar in that respect. But when you sort of say to people, you know, what what's the problem? Nobody can really sort of pinpoint it. And it's like, I don't know, it's just a feeling. And it's like, that is what makes yeah. me so nervous because it's like, how do you actually eradicate that? How do you get the feeling back? That and it's like that's what's so difficult because it's like if you if you were to say to me, here's a magic wand, like what, like how would you fix everything? Like I wouldn't even, Mate, I wouldn't know how to answer it. I, I, if you ask me that question, I think we the squad is so stale, and I think that's from the lack of not necessarily investment, but lack of moving players on. Like the reason that Ferguson is the greatest manager to ever managing the Premier League was because he managed five different teams and he made really hard decisions to move players on you know like it, you look at he, he said his worst decision was moving Stam and I know there was there was other factors but he wasn't afraid to move players on and that that's what we have to do we just have to have a we should have a completely different squad to the one that started the Champions League final and maybe I mean that's a bit flippant that's a bit fu- but that's the thinking we should have but we've still got loads of old like Davis Delhi, Kane, Son, they're all still there. And like you could argue some of them deserve to still be there, but we should have a 90% new team, but we don't. We don't. Just, like Liverpool are going to pay for it. You just said there, Sir Alex is out of work. There we go. Imagine There's that. a new manager. That's what we need, surely. Suddenly, well, that, I mean, you know, you read any Man United stuff, they're all just sort of saying he needs to keep away. <laughs> because, um, you know, the they're good, stuck the with that news. as well. The good news from the week was that we did get through in the cup. Um, we beat Burnley 1-0. Hats off to any Spurs fan that went up to Burnley on a Wednesday night to see us battle and scrape through 1-0. Um, we've got West Ham in the next round. We'll have a new manager for that game. Um, you know, when that draw got made, my initial gut reaction was, oh, no. But then part of me was like, for the players... Can't yeah. prove yourself like this is like do you know what I mean they just they just beat us like I know it was only one nil but like it's humiliating losing a derby and it's like there's an opportunity for those players just on a personal level to go and bounce back a little bit um we've got them at home it's a night game like you'd imagine that the fans would be proper up for that um it's going to be a tough game because they're flying at the moment West Ham but part of me is a little bit like maybe a home derby game is almost sort of easier for us to get up for than Sunderland at home. Well, like that would have been the type of game that would have given me an absolute nightmare where they would have just come and frustrated us and we'd have been a bit meh. Um, so I hope, and this is my last bit of optimism that I'm clinging on to, is that just from a personal pride point of view, some of those players might be a bit like, no, they beat us the other week. Like, 
let's go out there and prove a point. Do you know I think what's interesting about that though is that it's the it's like the twenty second of December. So mm. will people, you know, how many people are we actually going to have in the stadium? That's what's most. That's a, you know, there's a thing there. It's like even if they price it well, are we going to have a half empty stadium? Probably. Well, like a a Wednesday evening, like with Spurs and that negativity and West Ham coming, like I would hate to be outside that ground at half an hour before kick off. It's going to be horrendous. Like, if it was playing tomorrow, you'd go. Like, you just wouldn't go, would you? You just expect that loss. But when, because if, if if there's going to be a change, it'll be Ryan Mason in charge till Christmas, right? That's the big rumor, and that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, you'll get him up for it. Like, I, I have all fa- all my faith in Ryan. I don't think Sherwood's in a job either. I think he's got the great <laughs> points per game ratio in there. Is Ryan Mason a good coach? We don't know, do we? And and I feel like we spoke about this before when Mason was the interim charge, like. Chris Powell is there with yeah. all the experience yeah. of man, like not managing the Premier League. I get that, but he's sort of been around professional football as a player and a manager for a long, long time. And we don't know the he, he, up. Yeah, he, he, he might not want the job, so like we don't know. But like, part of me is a little bit like, why are you giving it to Ryan Mason when you've got Chris Powell there? Like, yeah. do you know I mean, or give it to both of them? Do you know what I mean? I know he was sort of Ryan Mason's assistant, but. It just sort of it just seems a little bit weird to me that they would go down the route of giving it to Mason and not Chris Powell, even if he's going to be his assistant. Absolutely. But you would imagine that it's going to be the two of them in some capacity um, taking over. Yeah, I mean, tactically, who knows how good that, how good Ryan Mason is as a coach? Again, as Chris just mentioned, Chris Powell has been involved in the England setup, so he, he's got a bit of pedigree about him. Um, you just hope that they can fire the players up more than anything. Like that's what they need. Like like I said, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you can have all the tactics and preparation of all the players do not want to go out and compete. You're not going to get anywhere. Well, how good is it? if he's in charge? So our next game is for tests on Thursday. Okay, hopefully we win that. Oh, I'm going to that. That'll be yeah. fun. That'll be no, fun. That'll be, yeah, that will be fun. We'll probably win. You know, and it'll. But then we've got Everton. Is he a better manager than? Um, I'm going to that. I think that'll be a good game. I think we'll lose. And then we've got Leeds, who have been found out a little bit. But well, it's the international break as well, isn't it, after Everton? Isn't there? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you, you do think, like I personally think Nuno will be gone today, tomorrow. I think so. But if not, you know, if he then lost to Everton, then he's, he's definitely out. I just, uh, I just can't see it. I'm looking through the games now and I just can't. Like, Brentford scares the life out of me. Like, How mad but, is that as a sentence? How mad is that? <laughs> they Norwich. lost the weekend, didn't they? It was a very yeah. weird weekend of results, actually, wasn't it? Liverpool drawing with, Well, apart from Chelsea, but Liverpool drawing with Brighton. City. City. Arsenal losing. beating Leicester. Yeah, yeah. And playing pretty well by the sounds of it. I mean, do you remember when, you know, three games in, we'd won three games and they were, oh, it's just, it's just very depressing. I can't stop thinking about that thing we talked about last week where, you know, if you take out Pochettino and Redknapp, this feels actually quite normal. That's quite depressing. (laughs) Um, I've got a, um, I've got a name the player quiz. Do we fancy giving that a go and sort of? Yeah. I'm awful at these. This is why I try and do the quizzes because I'm awful at this stuff. So what I'm going to oh, do boy, is so we can enjoy it together. I've got I've got five players that have played for Spurs, um, and I'm going to give you their career path. I'll do it in order as well to be nice, um, okay. and I would like you to have a go at figuring out who said player is. Okay. 
So Let's do it. first player, um, and if you're listening, have a have a pen and a bit of paper ready if you want to jot this stuff down. Um, this first player began his career um, in 2005 at Real Madrid. Um, he was at Real Madrid from 2005 to 2008, um, but had a year loan between 2006 and 2007 at Osasuna. Um, at Real Madrid, he played 16 games and scored two goals. And at Osasuna, he played 30 games and scored 11 goals. He then moved on to Getafe from 2008 to 2010, where he scored 29 goals in 60 games. He then moved to Valencia in 2010 to 2013, where he scored 59 goals in 101 games. In 2013, he moved to Tottenham, uh, where he scored seven goals in 52 games and left in 2015. He then moved to Villarreal. Um, from 2015 to 2017, scoring nine goals in 38 games. He then moved to Fenerbahce in 2017 to 2019, scoring 15 goals in 47 games. And he then moved on to Granada from 2019 to 2021 and scored 16 goals in 62 games. And he is currently playing for Levante, where he has played three games and scored no goals. Do we know who that player is? He is a soldier. Soldado. Roberto Soldado. He was a player I was so excited about when we signed him. I was like, we've, we're on another level now. We've got the poacher. We've got someone that's going to get us 25 league goals. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. He tried so hard. Like, yeah, we, we, we all loved him, didn't we? Cause he, he really wanted it to work. He really tried. I'll take him over Kane right now. Yeah. Um, okay, second player. Began his professional career in 1996 Ooh. and between 1996 and 1997 played for FC Hacker and scored 14 goals in 46 games. He then moved to Auxerre uh, in, from the years 1997 to 2005 and he scored 14 goals in 150 games. He then moved to Tottenham Hotspur from 2005 to 2008 and scored three goals in 61 games. He then left Spurs and moved to Sunderland from 2008 to 2010 and failed to score in 21 games. Um, he had a year loan from 2009 to 2010 at Birmingham City, where he played just six games and failed to score. In 2010, he moved to Ajax, where he was there for a year and only played two games and failed to score. He then moved to the New York Red Bulls in 2011 to 2012 and played 42 games without scoring. And then his final year of his career from 2013 to 2014, he moved to HJK Helsinki, where he scored three goals in 36 games. Any ideas on that one? I know this one, so I'll let ASD have a go. I mean, I, there were loads of players that went through my head. He, he also, ASD, he has 64 caps for his national team and scored six goals. And his national team is Finland. On, it's almost Chris. too easy, Jack. No, go on. Timo Tainio. Timo so I, I, I couldn't get Timo Puki out my head. <laughs> I, I, I was like, okay, so this is yeah. That is a uh, two 0 to Chris Comfort, not that we're keeping score. Um, what was the? What was? Was he the one that did the throw in? In in the cup final. In the cup final. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he scored that cracking volley in the four um, three win at West Ham. That's it. That's it. And 
with the, was that the one where the, the sort of weird back volley from Lennon and yeah. he scored that volley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, he's I remember quite a good player, Tonio. Like, he was quite a consistent. He could play all across the midfield. Like, he, at the time, he was a pretty good player for us. So I was thinking this. I, I, I know you want to get on to player three, who I won't get. But um, <laughs> like, we, we always go, we go on about how players are right for Spurs or they're not good enough for Spurs. Like At the moment, there aren't many players who, who are who are not too good for Spurs. Do you know what I mean? Or who we're better than them. And I, we... Uh, need to adjust our horizons a little bit. But yeah, sorry. Next. Right, third player. ASD, like, you, you have to get this one. Okay. This no. is the worst. The club, you know clubs. This is this is your thing. This is not... This, this one, on. this one is, like, you will 100% get this. So, this player um, began his professional career in 2000 um, and played for Queen's Park Rangers from 2000 to 2001, where he scored... 10 goals in 42 games. He then, in 2001 to 2002, moved to Portsmouth, where he scored 18 goals in 37 games. He then, from 2002 to 2004, moved to Aston Villa, scoring six goals in 37 games. And he had a year loan in 2003 at Norwich City, where he scored four in 15. He then moved to Southampton in 2004 to 2005, scoring 12 goals in 27 games. Um, and that success then saw him move to Liverpool from 2005 to 2008, where he scored 22 goals in 85 games. He then moved to Portsmouth in 2008 to 2009, scoring 11 goals in 38 games. And then in 2009, he moved to Spurs for two years, where he scored just 12 goals in 73 games. Is that all? Um, he then left Spurs in 2011, um, to move to Stoke City, where he played for eight years, scoring 46 goals in 225 games, and then finished his career in 2019 at Burnley, where he made six appearances. This is Peter Crouch. He's um, he's now the director of football at Dulwich Hamlet. Yeah, uh, and he's done really well for himself and in all in all areas of his life. But the that goal he scored against Man City, that volley was like forget the big good touch for big man. He had a great first touch, and his volleys were um, his technique was unbelievable. I can't believe it's only twelve got goals because um, you, you know yeah there was like you can almost name them. There was one in the nine one uh, against Wigan. There was definitely one against Inter Milan, wasn't there? In, also, this is Wikipedia, so it could be about fourteen or fifteen. Um, there was three against Stoke in the hat trick straight after the Real Madrid away in that Champions League year. That's five. That's almost half his goals for Spurs. Yeah, I, mean, just, I, I can't believe it. I can't it. believe that he had eight years at Stoke. The Man City one? Yeah. Well, he was. they loved him in Liverpool because he, he went ages without scoring, didn't he? And then he got his goal and then he, he scored on the run a little bit. And he had a cracking record for England, 22 goals in 45 games for England. That's, you know, that's excellent. The only thing I can remember, I'm sorry, is being behind a, a net really high up at Real Madrid hmm. and him like losing his head, him being the only person that had played in the Champions League before. It was a quarter final, whatever it was, and he just lost his head and got sent off in nine minutes and that was it, the game was over. Mm. And well, they uh, all tore us apart, didn't they? Well and Aaron Lennon quit in the tunnel as well. Like he just whisked out a little bit, didn't he? So that wasn't wasn't the bravest thing, the bravest appearance from Spurs. All right. Um, that one. You four. do Gareth Bale next. <laughs> I'll just do Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> player four. Um, this player began his career in 1998. And between the years 1998 and 2003, played for Vitoria Gumerez, where he scored seven goals in 82 games. He um, then moved to FC Porto, 
for 2003 to 2004, where he played 26 games and failed to score. He then moved to Tottenham between 2004 and 2006, scoring one goal in 30 appearances. He then moved to Portsmouth between 2006 to 2008, scoring five goals in 58 games. He then moved to Rangers from 2008 to 2010, scoring four goals in 39 games. He then moved to Sporting between 2010-2011, failed to score in 18 games. And then his final year of his career, 2011 to 2012, he moved back to Vitoria, playing 14 games and failing to score. He also has 11 national caps as well. Any ideas on that one? Was he a beautiful man? He was indeed. Did he play with long sleeves, which he sort of had over his hand? So this is Nico Crenshaw, right? No. 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 No, but he was a beautiful man. Yeah, it also applies. The long sleeve also applies. He scored a goal that could have changed the trajectory of who we are as a football club under Martin Yole. But it was the goal that never was. Thanks to, what's he called? That Man United goalkeeper who was like, oh, no, Roy Carroll. How is it? Didn't go in. Mendes. Pedro Mendes. Pedro Mendes. Because, like, Cranchard went to Portsmouth and to Rangers, didn't he? I think, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. they're both long sleeve, both good looking fellas. I mean, Cranshaw's in a different league. He's one of the best looking players Spurs have ever had. He's he's up there with Rocky Santa Cruz in my. And Jamie O'Hara. Oh my God, Rocky Santa Cruz, do you think that as well? I always thought that. It's like Stunning. he couldn't be more beautiful. He's got the Antonio Banderas or beautiful South American look, potential in South American look. Jamie O'Hara, good shout, Jack. Yeah. You um, slightly different. I was going to say. He's um, on the Alan Hutton end. <laughs> um, final player. Uh, this player began his professional career in 1999. Um, so between 99 and 2000, played for ASEC Mimosas, uh, playing only one game and failing to score. In 2000, uh, 2000, 2004, he played for Racing Genk, scoring one goal in 124 games. 2004 to 2006, he moved to San Etienne playing 66 games and failing to score. 2006-2009, he moved to Tottenham Hotspur, playing 88 games and again failing to score. Uh, in 2009-2011, he moved to Sevilla, playing 49 games and failing to score. 2011-2014, uh, Transaspor, 72 games and no goals. 2014-2015, Akisar, 25 games and no goals. 2015 to 2016, Pune City, 13 appearances, zero goals. 2016 to 2017, North East United, 14 appearances, zero goals. And 2017 to 2018, FC Padang, 18 appearances and one goal. He also has 123 national appearances with one goal, according to Wikipedia. Now... I think the Saint Etienne is the because it was Saint Etienne before he came to us, wasn't it? Correct. I think I might know who this is. ASD, do you want to have a go? Well, so university challenge is very difficult, right? So my approach is a bit like I think Carl Pilkinson came up with it. You just have one answer for every question, and one day that answer will be right. <laughs> now you're going to go Nico got... Crenshaw again, aren't you? Well, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> because I've just been going like Didier Sakura in my head the whole time. So that that's who I thought it was. Um, I think because that's we, right. 
We got Kapu from Saint Etienne as well, didn't we? But it's too early for him. It is Didier Zapora. But he 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 was great because we had a you know I love a defensive midfielder. We went from um, Anna Chimbonda played sometimes in defensive mid, and then we went to Zapora, then we went to Sandro, then we went to Parker. Like that, that's a pretty good run. I know you're not the biggest fan of Sandro, Jack, but I thought that was pretty good. But they, they, if you just put kicking racism out of football in on YouTube, yeah. there's a brilliant bit on you on, where someone calls when he's playing for Transport. I think he playing another Turkish player calls him a, a, a racial slur. And so on the next game, him and his teammates just kick that man. And the final bit is where Zakora just runs up and kicks him in between the legs as hard as he can. And it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's really funny. All right. I just find it astonishing that he played at club level. 468 games and only scored one goal. That wasn't his goals weren't his business though, right? But but you'd think just bit playing 468 games, you'd think just get? set pieces or do you know what I mean? You'd think he would have Parker's probably got quite a few because that. at Charlton and West Ham he was more of a box box midfielder. But I just mm. find that mad. 468 games, one goal. Club yeah, level. Parker, 486, 31 goals. But for Tottenham he got naught goals. That's why yeah. I'm thinking like that. Yeah. So there you go. That's your career as well. That for Zakora. Say that again, Chris. A long career. Yeah. Started in '99, finished in 2018. So yeah. Where are Northwest United? They are. Northeast United. Sorry. Please hold caller. Are they are they the Indian Super League? Indian Super League. With a name like Northeast United, expecting to say they're in the Essex Alliance. Saturday league, you know, that's right. the type of team, type of team I end up playing at weekends. And the the club he plays for in Indonesia was Seaman Pandang, Seaman Padang. I can't believe he's got that many international caps either, like over a hundred for his country. It's like fair, fair yeah, play to you. So yeah, that's the that's the name of the footballer quiz. So I hope you enjoyed that. He's got more cups for Spurs than um, Harry Kane has or Hugo Lloris has. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? Yeah. Some way of looking at it. And Sebastian Bassong plays at, you were just sort of saying about the North East Essex League. He's, he's at Haringey Borough, isn't he, yeah. Sebastian Bassong? Amazing. Amazing. You can see him sometime. Um, and also, just on that, um, Joe Cole's playing Saturday League football. Like, imagine yeah. turning up. <laughs> imagine that, and it's like, oh, you got this week, and you're marking Joe Cole. Like, good luck. Do you know what I mean? You just, like, you just go home, wouldn't you? You'd think, I'm not even going to bother with this today. What's the point? Brilliant. Cameron Carter Vickers is still playing. Is still playing for us officially, which I mean, he scored for Celtic the other week, didn't he? I he's I got saw. two goals in eight games. Yeah. Like he's not doing too badly. But how? Why is he still at Spurs? Like, because he joined us in 2016. We must have renewed his. Um, it feels like he's played for Spurs for at least ten years. Mm. Like it feels way longer than 2016. If you'd have said he joined in 1997, I'd have believed that. Yeah. I mean, how old is he? Um, he's, 25. he's only, he's only 23. He's been yeah. in the <laughs> it doesn't make sense. No. It doesn't make sense. But, good luck to him. No, no yeah, bloody hell. Um, any other business? Well, I did have uh, the celebrity. Um, oh, was yeah. Overflowing this cause, week. Because you've, you've had to take the week off to deal with all the emails that have been flooding in. Yeah, the Queen's been a bit quieter because she's had to, you know, God bless her, she's, uh, she's been a bit ill. But um, the one I chose this week was from Kay Tempest. I'm not sure you know her. She's the <laughs> spoken... Them. Sorry. 
she was she they were kate tempish they are now kate tempish an extraordinary performer poet her book their book sorry on connection is is makes me cry and oh my god i'll i'll send you a the clips from it it's absolutely brilliant and their album the book of traps and lessons particularly um hold your own will change your life but Kay asks which of the Spurs players would be the best poet do you think well that's a lovely question question. that's a lovely question because I I think Sergio would try it and it would be shit (laughs) you know what I mean it would be like I think Brian I, I, I feel like Romero. I feel like he's got, a soft, he's got a soft side to him. Yeah, I feel like he's the type of guy that he steps over the white line onto the pitch and his friends and family don't recognise him. And off the pitch, he's a real gentle soul and he spends his weekends playing his guitar and writing his poetry. And that's how he unwinds. It's a bit like Nicky, but he just hates football. Just goes home in his chain, training gear, doesn't get changed. Just goes back to his caravan and writes poetry. On well, like animal skin. he's a poet, doesn't he? With his with his uh, with his bar spitting. Well, I've looked into that. I think it was just one single for charity, so I don't think it was quite <laughs> like the juice. Um, okay. Well, they did not. They didn't ask him to release an album, no. <laughs> it did so well. <laughs> yeah, typical second single. <laughs> I would say I think that yeah, I would go with Brian or actually Jaffet. I think Jaffet oh, in his spare yes. time is probably a bit of a could be a could be, could be a poet. Well, Tottenham is famous. I mean, Wretch Three Two is from Tottenham, isn't he? And he's the greatest lyricist in the UK at the moment. So, fair fair play. That was like, what a lovely way to end the podcast and a lovely question as well. With all of the stuff going around at the minute, yeah. I didn't think we'd finish the podcast talking about poetry. <laughs> so uh, there you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Kay Tempest. Yeah. Check. Check them out on YouTube. Stick in Kate, Kate, it, when what she they were at the time. Kate Tempest, hold your own, Glastonbury 2017, it'll make you cry. And then you'll watch that and it will say, suggested Echoes of Glory, <laughs> season yeah. 11, episode 10. <laughs> oh, well, look, let's, let's see what happens this week. I'm sure when we're podding in a week's time, we're talking about a new manager or we're talking about Ryan Mason and Chris Powell again. But Whatever does happen between now and then, remember, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola. Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. 
We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.